recruiting dead period extended, worries about college sports continue, and the NHL with a 2014 bracket? We got it all for you and more coming up on episode number 7 of Husker Sports Weekly. Welcome back to Husker Sports Weekly, your soon-to-be number one source for all things Husker sports. Today we got a little bit of college sports and some pro sports to talk about here on episode number seven. But before we get into that, my name is Connor Clark, along with my three co-hosts, Jarrett Mitchie, Quinn Navarra, and Narin Narsiman. And before we get into the episode, be sure to check us out on Spotify, YouTube, and Anchor.fm. All of these links will be in the description of this podcast. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at Husker Weekly for more Husker news and updates about when new episodes are coming out. So let's jump right into this podcast. We got a couple of news stories surrounding not only college sports, but pro sports as well, which is uh, something that we thought that we should cover um, considering the lack of sports news that has been happening for the past couple of months now. But before we get into pro sports, let's do college recruiting dead period. So the recruiting dead period extended through July 31st, uh, originally to extend through May. Um, and this really hurts kids trying to take some campus tours before their 2020 season begins, if they have one. Um, and this also prevents coaches from traveling to these high schools to get these recruits to do those home visits, which can prove to be really crucial as well. So this could be a really interesting play out for a lot of college teams around the country, especially for teams who are in a really good players, top five, top three picks. So this could play out really interesting for a lot of different teams. Yeah, I think we kind of all saw this coming, but honestly, yeah, it kind of sucks because people can't visit, but honestly, by because they made the decision right when the outbreak came that they're going to, that the dead week is going to expand to May. And then I kind of, I think everyone knew by like how big the pandemic pandemic grew that it was going to extend further. I agree with that. And, I, you know, just taking a look at how this pandemic has been going, I feel like a lot of players and high school athletes looking to take their game to the college level have looked at it and kind of decided, despite the fact that, you know, or decided on what schools they're looking at, what schools they want to go to, despite the fact that they can't, you know, visit during this dead week. And it's crazy, but I feel like a lot of them have already made their decisions, and who knows. Yeah, and it also shows, like, how good of a coach you have to be to recruit those kids during this extended dead period. 100%. Well, I, that's why it's crucial, I feel like, for Scott Frost to have that 20th-ranked recruiting class already coming in for 2020. I feel like that takes a little bit of a load off his shoulders to get those big recruits during this time or really kind of step on the gas. Now, obviously, he's still going to try and recruit good players, but the fact that he already has a pretty good recruiting class coming in this year uh, really takes a big load off on him and the rest of his coaching staff. Um, and then one other thing uh, involving the Huskers, and this is more football financial uh, logistics, something that Quinn brought up earlier before we started recording this, is the amount of money that Nebraska could possibly lose with zero fans in the stadium for football this year. Now, there are some plans to get, say, twenty to 30,000 people in the stands for games. We've seen that around the country, Ohio State. Uh, they were really the first ones to do it, kind of crafting these plans together to get some people in the stadium because people or teams with 100,000-plus seat stadiums, they can afford to do that. So... 
Going to last year in 2019, Nebraska hosted seven home games at Memorial Stadium, all of which were sold out, of course. Um, and that brought in a total of $35 million in revenue. And with twenty to 30,000 fans in the stadium this year, it could be brought down to $8 million the entire season. And $8 million is usually what they make on a usual game day. So this could have a huge effect on the athletic department, what teams they could afford. We've seen colleges cut other sports programs. But this this could be real dangerous for Nebraska. I definitely agree with that. Just because, I mean that that's a huge cut from you know the thirty million mark to down to under ten, and that could take a huge toll on the program and its scouting. But going back on what you said about Scott Frost and having you know that twenty already that twenty overall uh, scouting class, I feel like that also might make you know the years to come a little bit harder, just because. Um, the recruits might be scared a little, scared off a little bit because we have such a decent class. But at the same time, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, the going back on the other things too, the the profit cut is huge. Yeah, and I want to go back to that Scott Frost like thing about how he's not able to do those like in person like in home workouts and go to other states and travel, and that's like big for him because I think we had like six or seven recruits from Florida. And that's because, like, Scott Frost, like, personally went down there and traveled. And I know he goes to Minnesota a ton, and he recruits like that. And that's a huge loss for him because, as you can see, it really paid off this year by going 20th in the nation recruiting, which is a huge plus for Nebraska because it's been a while since we had a recruiting class as good as this. And that's going to be a huge loss for Nebraska recruiting. Yeah, and going back to that Florida thing, I wonder if – him being the coach at UCF had any effect on those players down there. They're like, oh, he, yeah. they see what success he had at UCF. Maybe they want to they want to follow Scott Frost. They want to play for him up in Nebraska too. But you obviously you bring up a really good point that the lack of travel is going to really affect this uh, Nebraska team going forward um, as it would any team in the entire country. Now going back to kind of this financial struggle that Nebraska could go through, they are expected to lose up to $27 million this upcoming year um, with revenue of uh, ticket sales and concession sales and stuff like that. So there's so many little things that go into getting revenue for this athletic department when it comes to just football. And I, I honestly thought it would be a win to get 20 to 30 fans, uh, 20 to 30,000 fans in the stadium. Uh, but seeing how big of a money cut this is, uh, that really makes me kind of rethink a lot of things. Um, I don't know if you guys feel the same, but that money that money cut is really eye-opening. I'm 50% with that last statement because, uh, you know, I do believe the money the money cut is huge, and that's going to be a big take a big toll on the program itself. But being able to have at least twenty to 30,000 fans is a game-changer because when you have the home games, you expect the fan atmosphere to carry you. I mean, not carry you. You want the players to do their bits, but um, the fans are play a huge role in what goes on with that. And I do believe that that's gonna uh, that's gonna help. But the money cut, you really can't help with that. And how this is going, I don't think there is much you can do. Yeah, I'm gonna have to disagree with you, Connor, because honestly, it is a money cut, but it's better than making no money. Because let's say, because now they announced like the Big Ten, it's like up to the individual schools to like. Depend, like it's all on them to make decisions like the Big Ten's not going to make a whole decision so like let's say Nebraska opens up the stadium everyone can come in 
but there's like corona cases that are coming from the stadium. Then they say stadium shut, no more fans for the rest of the season. That'd be huge. It'd be better if you have everyone social distancing, but still having like twenty to thirty thousand fans and still making money. So that's yeah, my do. stand yeah. on it. Yeah, I definitely agree with both sides of this statement. Like, you want to make as much money as you can since football is the number one source of money in Nebraska, but you also want to stay safe and, like, keep the coronavirus out so we don't end up having no fans. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you guys bring up great points uh, on the other side of the argument as well. Just, having, as Jarrett said, having the fans in the stadium can make all the difference. I mean, especially in college football, being big atmospheres are what make half the game. I mean... A big atmosphere, student sections, all that is a big reason why a lot of people like college football in general. And especially going so, to Nebraska too, with that student section is unreal. And half the, absolutely half the reason we've said this before. Half the reason I made my decision was that I mean, what where football games and the atmosphere it is. So I'm I'm a little bit biased in hoping that you know we're, we can get a little bit of fans here and there. But like I said, you know, like we said, we don't really make the big name decisions. So absolutely, and I mean. Sometimes you got to put money second, especially in uh, the situation that we're in, which has never happened before. So we're just kind of going as things progress and see what plays out. You can It's really just a, a game of time to see how things go. So we'll move on to pro sports, uh, something that we don't usually touch on this podcast, but we will uh, today because the NHL announced a 2014 playoff Bracket on Tuesday, May 26th. So 24 teams, conference-based playoff format. Uh, when play resumes, we don't know when play will resume yet. But this is a real game-changer for a lot of teams because this, A, gives, obviously, a lot more teams than usual a chance at a Stanley Cup. Um, and this gives a lot of teams that were maybe fighting to get in, right on the cusp of getting in. Now they have a decent seed. So this could be really interesting to see how this plays out and whether it will be in one central location or if it will be played in certain cities just with no fans. So this would be a really interesting thing to watch uh, play out, even if it were to go on without fans. I 100% agree with that. Um, I'm a little salty, however. I'm a Buffalo Sabres fan, and uh, they did not make the the 24-team list. But I do agree that this is this is good. This is good for America. Good for the positive side of everything. And I do hope that you know it's played with no fans and we can enjoy some good hockey and maybe in a central location so you can keep everyone safe and in hotels and such. And I don't know. I'm excited to see it. I'm a big hockey guy myself, so this is this is good for me. Yeah. So well, something we uh, have a little bit different. The Blackhawks did make that 2014 field. Yeah, I'm a little salty. Uh, as of right now, um, they will be the 12th seed, I believe, and they will be playing the Edmonton Oilers, the 5 seed. So, I mean, I'm going to throw a little bit of a bias taken here, but we've seen 12 5 seeds happen all the time in March Madness, so why can't it happen oh, in well, hockey? Connor, you can hope all you want, but Connor McDavid will deny any single request that you have right now. Wait, Connor, so... Connor McDavid is public enemy number one right now. 100%. Well, and, hey, Leon Dreisaitl outscored him this year, which... You know, it wasn't as surprising to me as I thought it was going to be, but Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid is going to be a dangerous combo, so I do pray for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks for what it's worth. But Yeah, so I know nothing about hockey and about this, so would this change, like, happen right now? Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, like they, it, like... they, they made it official, so 
instead of instead of uh, finishing out the wow. rest of the season, they suspended the season, and they're going to move into a twenty fourteen playoff uh, format. And but it would only be for this season, right? Yeah, only this season. Correct. Oh, okay. Only this season. Okay. I, I kind of like it though. I mean, it kind of spices everything up. Yeah. It, I, I mean, you got there's so you have eight teams that are the top four seeds. So you, the top four seeds get buys on each side uh, of the bracket. So Western and Eastern Conference. So it's still divided like that. It's not like the NBA talks where it's just taking the top sixteen teams, which is apparently becoming a really big thing in the NBA. But we can get to that later if we want. But so the top four seeds will all have first round buys and all the first round series will be a best of five instead of a best of seven because there are obviously more teams. So they want to speed up the process so it's not too much longer than the regular four rounds of best of seven series. But this could be really interesting as of right now. Um, well, I guess this wouldn't change, but the top four seeds in the West are the Blues, the Avalanche, uh, the Golden Knights, and the Dallas Stars. And then in the East, it's the Bruins, Lightning, Capitals, and Flyers. So, this again, this gives tons of different teams big chances to prove themselves. I mean, being a Blackhawks fan, uh, we were kind of seeing them make a little bit of a push for the playoffs, and then they started to fall back, but... This gives them an opportunity to put their name back into the mix, trying to get back to where they were 2010 through 2015 years. Not saying that they're going to go all the way and win the Cup, but this gives them experience in the playoffs for some of those younger guys. And obviously you still have Patrick Kane, you still have Jonathan Tays, uh, and all those seasoned veterans too. Um, yeah, no, I fully agree. And, you know, there's some good young kids who are getting a lot of opportunities. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Pens out of the bunch. I'm a big uh, Jason Zucker guy, you know, when he was here in Minnesota. So I'm going with the Pens all the way. I'm a little biased, but uh, Sidney Crosby and them, good roster. I mean, five seed. I'm surprised. I thought they were at least five seed, but I guess I need an update on my hockey knowledge as well too. But I don't know. I'm excited to see this. This is uh, this is good for us hockey fans. It gives us a little chance to you know be excited about something too. And yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, they're not the only team experimenting with new playoff brackets, but the NBA is also in serious talks with a 16-team bracket, which could really shake up how things yeah. are done here. Yeah. And you can see some really interesting matchups, too which I'm trying to pull up the bracket right here. So the 16-team bracket right now, it would be the Bucks versus the Magic, which is 1 versus 16. So it would be like one-fourth of the NCAA bracket. So And then it would be the Heat versus Thunder, 8 versus 9. Lakers versus Nets, 2 versus 15. Jazz versus Rockets, 7 versus 10. Raptors versus Grizzlies, 3 versus 14. Um, Nuggets versus Pacers, 6 versus 11. Clippers versus Mavericks, 4 versus 13. And Celtics versus Sixers, 5 versus 12. So this could this gives a lot of younger stars an opportunity to be in the playoff mix as well. I was watching ESPN uh, earlier this week, and Jalen Rose was talking about how this gives Ja Morant and other younger stars that people want to see play uh, get an opportunity in the playoffs. So this could draw a lot more attention and viewership to the NBA playoffs as if they weren't good already, but this could make them even better. And honestly, I agree with any playoff format right now. It's it's good for, I'd say, the leagues because, you know, not having sports for that specific, you know, that long amount of time is going to help 
is, you know, and then bringing them back straight into the playoffs is going to be huge because that gets the atmosphere going and everyone's super excited. So, and especially with the NBA, there's a lot of young talent like Zion Williamson. And I don't know if you said, did you say the Pelicans would be in? Um, They would not be okay. in at this point, All right, well, yeah, but they would be, be close. In. I don't know. I do agree, though, with the rookies and everything and that bring in that uh, all-star viewership. I would, I would watch, so. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you I got think, some... Oh, go ahead. On, I think, honestly, like, any change, like, just, like, a temporary change will just, like, I don't know, I feel like it will bring, like, some kind of spark to people where they're just going to be, like, more interested. I agree with that. Yeah, it'd definitely too. be weird, yeah. It'd be weird to see, like, like just a 16-team playoff instead of what we used to have and seeing, like, because I heard that, like, yeah. reports of Kevin Durant coming back, maybe, if it continues. Uh-huh, that would be season. crazy. I hate Kevin so you'd see, you'd see LeBron versus KD in a first-round matchup. That'd be, yeah, that'd be. Which, when have, we ever seen, which have, we, when have we ever seen KD versus LeBron first round? Never. 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 <laughs> but I do agree with. So you got to wait till the finals. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I do agree and with. honestly, yeah, if you see. Yeah, you could see, like, a, a low-seed team, like, clutch out and, like, win, like, a couple rounds because, like, not many teams have been practicing, so you never know what could happen. So I feel like it'd just be way more interesting, and it, you, like, honestly don't know who would win. And then going back on Naren's statement about the spark, I agree with that because you look at these, um, the younger, I mean, like, the uh, smaller soccer leagues, and that's, it's, I mean, as a soccer fan and a lot of soccer fans, uh, jumped onto them and I believe like it was I think there was a league in Israel that nobody had watched before but everyone jumped onto it because it was sports and that little spark or that little change could really shake up some positivity positivity which could be good it was yeah, just I mean, like just, the Korean baseball yeah, league too exactly. like that yeah absolutely and just kind of looking at some of these like first round matchups as you guys mentioned uh KD versus LeBron in the first round um, I really like this Jazz versus Rockets first round matchup. You get to see, uh, well, well, everybody's going to refer to the Jazz as the Corona team now, but you get to see Donovan Mitchell versus Westbrook and Harden, and you can see John Morant in the playoffs now too. Clippers, Mavericks, Luca versus Kawhi, and then Celtics and Sixers too. Yeah, exactly. It just it makes it even more competitive than what it was. And, well, it's interesting to see the Sixers as a 12 seed because obviously they're the playoff team anyway in the East. Yeah. But they're definitely a team that could make a big run. Um, I mean, they got Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. They got a pretty good core over there. So I seeing them as a 12 seed, they could easily beat the Celtics. I know the Celtics kind of own them in the playoffs. Uh, but obviously things could change. Um, Clippers versus Mavericks could be interesting. I mean, I would pick the Clippers naturally in that series but um the Mavericks would definitely uh, put up a good fight with Luka seeing him in the playoffs would definitely be interesting as well yeah Luka Luka this season was definitely a force to be reckoned with he kind of showed his potential which was great yeah he's going to be the, the Mavericks are really good at drafting blonde Europeans to play basketball <laughs> honestly I mean and he his game evolved from, you know, an inside scorer to also a shooter this year, too, which is also outstanding. Yeah, he's been off the charts. Yeah. I yeah. believe he averages like 38 and 8, which is especially, unreal. And is he still 19, or is he 20 now? I believe he's 20 now, yeah. but I could fact check that. But yeah, 21. Okay. 21. Yeah. He came in the league when he was 19, right? 
yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just crazy, like, like how he's producing these stats at such a young age, and like just being because like the Mavericks changed their team. They have Kristaps, and like it's just so he improves so much with getting used to new team to me new teammates, and he's still, like, the leader of the team, even though, like, Porzingis is still there. Well, and especially, too, because he, he moved positions from, you know, mainly being a, a three to a running guard, mm-hmm. which was a drastic yeah. change for him, too, and just to see those numbers switch up that quick as well was outstanding. I mean, he can run point if he wants to as well. I, I know the Mavericks already have a point started, guard. Yeah, I think that's what they started running him as this year more. I mean, like, he, he started as a three, but they could run him as a guard, too. He's kind of like a LeBron in that situation. That's what I was going to say. He's like a LeBron, but just smaller. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, just kind of looking at this Mavericks roster, they could definitely make some noise in this in this tournament bracket. I mean, obviously they got Luka. They got Porzingis, which a lot of people I feel like forget about. They got Boban, uh, Seth Curry, Tim Hardaway Jr., Jalen Brunson. I mean, they got a lot of good players on this team that could really push them to a late playoff run. I mean, Justin Jackson, he's also pretty good. Yeah, he gets was, solid minutes off the bench. Yeah. It's like it's like a young core kind of but it's just like guys that like haven't like made their mark just yet. It's like a group of they those guys. They want to prove themselves. Yeah. It's those role players I'm telling you they're always deadly and then you throw them into a playoff scene and it, it, they look great. Yeah, I mean and you got like a 7-3 guy in Porzingis yeah. who can play any position on the floor. You got Boban obviously who can Boban, dominate inside. tank himself. And then Luca can do anything he wants. Jalen Brunson is a really good fundamental point guard, really good team player. They also have JJ Barea. I forgot to mention him as well. JJ Barea. He's also a pretty good player. I don't know. You guys Michael look at Dirk Nowitzki to be the face of the uh, the Maverick program. I'm with JJ Barea being the face of the Maverick program. <laughs> I'm more of a Sean Marion type of guy. Uh, I don't know. That shooting, <laughs> that shooting form should be the uh, the new NBA Should be logo. illegal. <laughs> it should be the logo. I'm in full of greens with that. Make that the logo. Yeah, the little, I don't even, shoot from the chest, see if it goes in type of thing. Yeah. No, I think Luca will definitely be the face of the Mavericks for years, years to come. yeah. Unless, hey, unless he decides that he wants a new uh, change of scenery, so. Maybe. Hey, Luca, if you want to come to Chicago, I mean, no, I don't think we just got a new front office. I don't office. think anyone's coming to Chicago <laughs> soon. I'm sorry, Connor. You could play with Zach Levine. You could play with. Yeah, that's everyone's dream. Denzel with Zach Levine. And you could also play with Zach Levine, too, if, if you really want to. There's not a lot to. of traction to Chicago right now, <laughs> so I wouldn't tra- get your hopes up on it. Oh, did I mention that he could play with Zach Levine? I feel like I, I was thinking that hey, I actually made a name. No, Denzel Valentine, don't sleep. <laughs> Laurie Markkinen. Laurie Markkinen. Actually, he is. He okay. Is yeah, you could also play with Laurie Markkinen there. I, hey, he's yeah, no. Laurie Markkinen's no Kristaps Porzingis. God. I mean, but he's still a, a tall, like six eleven guy who can get twenty five a night. True. Yeah, he can. He can shoot better than Porzingis. He can shoot. I'm just kind of looking at all of these other teams in here. I mean, obviously you have the Bucks, who are really good. I'm just kind of wondering how the Magic would fare against them in a seven-game series. I'm sure it wouldn't take that long to they, get yeah, them out. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. <laughs> Be over in four. Probably. 
I just really want to see that Lakers-Clippers conference final, which would be wonderful, obviously, for everyone. I just want to see KD come back to play LeBron in the first round. Uh, yeah, that would be nuts. Hey, and then a, Kyrie. I'm not a big KD guy, I'm not going to lie to you guys. He's a are you still? Are he's you a still? Cupcake. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a. <laughs> he's a cupcake. I'm a huge, I was a big. I, I don't know. I liked. I like Russell Westbrook for what it's worth. And when he left the Thunder, I was a little mad. But hey, man, it, you know, <laughs> the one. The goal of the NBA is you chase your bag, and he did, and you know, he got it. So I'll give him yeah. that. He wasn't gonna win there anyway. I don't feel like. I mean, no, because they choked. Nah, him. they were close. They no, when you have... when you have Andre Roberson as your starting shooting guard, let's talk oh. about. <laughs> winning an NBA playoff. Huh? I mean, 